There used to be freedom here, but we lost it. Somewhere between the expectations and disappointments, the truths and counter-truths. There used to be a sense of presence, of capability, of compassion, of knowledge, of understanding. While trying to protect it, to find it, to create it, to structure it, to control it, to tend to it, we lost it. Perhaps we left it somewhere when we went on vacation, or put it somewhere for safekeeping and then forgot where it was. Perhaps we have been looking ever since. Beautiful. Um, it's great to have you on set, Michael. Um, Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Poets Podcast. I am joined by a fellow poet and uh, a friend that I have known for quite a number of years. His name is Michael Onsando. He describes himself as a reader who writes. <laughs> and um, the, I think in the last uh, podcast, I had this book on set. Um, it's oh. called, uh, yes, I had uh, this book on set. It's called The Perilous Journey to Beyond My Nose. And um, I am excited because he is the author of that book. And I was really hoping that we'd have you next on, uh, on the podcast. And, and here you are now. Um, and we'll be discussing all about, um, you know, this book because it's fresh off the uh, of the press, uh, but also to talk about um, your, your journey into poetry as well as um, the other books that you that you have written. Now, um, and uh, before we begin, I'd just like to mention that uh, this podcast has been made possible by the support of Unique Kenya. Great. So, Michael, uh, as we start, this tell us about. I'm curious about the title. You know, they say, never judge a book by its cover, <laughs> but we can judge by its title, probably. <laughs> um, so I think we'll, uh, we'll begin with that. Um, what, is, what informed the, the title, The Perilous Journey to Beyond My Nose? Um, okay, cool. Let's start there. Uh, so, you know, you said never judge a book by its cover. But I feel like this book should particularly be judged by its cover. Uh, <laughs> and we can so, start by... So let me, let, right. let, me, let, me, let, me, let me misdirect your question. I'll get to the title, right. but let me start with mm -hmm. the cover. So this cover was done by a guy called Boniface Minor. It's an oil on canvas. Um, All right. And it's called Self-Reflections. Okay. Uh, that's so, the name of the cover of the painting. Um, and the funny thing is Boniface Minor, when, when, when we first talked to him about getting him to work on this book... We, I, I was given a b bunch of artworks to like see which one do I think is best, and I chose one, and I was like, this is what I think is perfect. And Bonnie hadn't read the book. <clears throat> so I pick my artwork, we'll start laying it out, start figuring it out, and then three days to press, Bonnie calls us, and he's like, guys, you have the wrong cover. <laughs> so he sends us this artwork, and he's like, I've Whoa. read the book, and this is the, what you have to do. This is what you need to have on the cover. What you have on the cover will not do the book justice. And so that's a, for me, is a beautiful story, because even the cover itself is also a story, the story of the book. Mm -hmm. um, and to go to the title, The Perilous Journey to Be On My Nose, it, it just kind of happened one day. Like, mm -hmm. when you write a book like this, um, people wonder, how does it take years to write 200 pages of work? You know, it's like, what's going on? Um, but I kind of, you kind of live inside that space for a while. And I was thinking, what do I want to call the book? What do I want to call the book? And I'm always fascinated by like long titles, you know, mm -hmm. something quite unlike myself. Um, my, my blog is called The Square Root of Zero. I think the only, the other book had a short, it was just called Time. Um, <clears throat> but in general, I, I really like titles that do the work of like, 
you don't have to ask me what the book is about. Mm-hmm. After after every time, you don't have to ask. You know mm-hmm. the book is about this. Yes. Um. So one day I was playing with the idea of perilous journey, perilous journey, perilous journey, because it's everywhere, right? You see that that phrasing is everywhere. The perilous journey, the perilous journey, and then. And then this thing, this other phrase that's also everywhere, I just clicked into place there, you know, to beyond my nose, right? Because that's not very far. It's not very far. And so, and so that's how that happened. Um, I liked it and I put it there. And I called my mom and actually told her, I'm going to call my book this. And she laughed. And when my mom laughed at the title, I was like, yes, this is, this is the right, right title. Right. Because it immediately, I think, um, mm-hmm. kind of hooks and like kind of gets that. Because um, mm-hmm. I've been known to describe the books I write as curiosity traps. Like once you're curious about it, that's mm-hmm. it, I got you. Mm-hmm. Like once you're curious and you start reading a few pages, oh, yes. you're, not, you're not turning <laughs> back. <laughs> I think that was that that was the hook because I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, also the um, the artwork itself, and it's good that you've talked about that because I I find the artwork really really haunting. And and you know I was going to ask you what was um, the artist Boniface? What did what what did he have in mind? Because it 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 looks. Um, it looks quite, it looks quite haunting. The, yeah. the image itself, and um, and I think uh, it's his interpretation of the poetry that he read in in, in your collection. No, 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 no. It's yeah? a, it's a painting he had done oh, already. Okay. That then, when he was after he read the book, he was like, "This painting reflects more than the one you picked." Than so the he one did, that you had he did specifically paint for me. Okay. Um, I couldn't afford to get him to do that. I was going to uh, ask you. Is <laughs> gracious enough to give me a better rate to like pick through his existing works and lay, mm-hmm. lay another or that one of those out on my book um okay. i can't tell you what was on his mind um yeah. only the artist knows what's on the artist's mind at the time but i do agree i was really struck like when he sent it like think about this is a guy who's sending it this thing three days to print i was very i was very all very like you know we cannot just kick it out like what do you mean we're not, not gonna do this like why yeah. but when you when i saw it and when mm-hmm. i think when the team saw it as well everyone was like actually no this guy has made sense and we'll liked it and I agree it was the, there was something about the hauntingness and you know like the the two things looking at each other and one in the shade one in the light and yeah. the purples and the oranges the reds it's just mm. it's it's a very beautiful cover mm. and um just to go into the the process I think you mentioned um it's a 200 page book how long did it take you to write it took me about two years so okay. I wrote this book on say 2015 2016 um and then since then, it's just been the journey of like trying to figure out how to get it out. Um, <clears throat> but it took me about two years and a bit okay. uh, of writing and then about a year and a bit of then editing. And then Rosie spent another year plus just trying to come up with the illustration. So Rosie Olang, so Bonnie Miner does the cover, Rosie Olang does everything else mm-hmm. between the covers. And okay. she she does a brilliant, brilliant job. Like, I don't think I've ever worked with someone so conscientious and like deliberate about like, how she's doing and how she's interpreting. Like, it's an artist who went through the trouble to, like, read stuff and, like, edit it and, like, be like, actually, what you want to do here is use mm-hmm. this image. Some of the stuff, like, I keep... One of my favorite illustrations in here is... um, There's one... I don't know if I can find it. That's the whole music in my head, guys. <laughs> uh, there's one for Splash. And it's, it's really beautiful because, like, when I wrote it, so what I did is I... <clears throat> 
is I write I write the poetry and if you if you remember when from like something quite unlike myself, I'm really big on like having design elements, like really strong design elements mm-hmm. in my poetry, just because yeah. I think people communicate in many different ways and visually is really one way to like communicate a message and like having strong visuals, especially if you look at like a poet like Saul Williams, whose books are just so like you open a Saul Williams book and you're from the moment one. In fact, my books aren't even exciting. He's from moment one. It's like you can have one word on a whole page and mm-hmm. that's all you're getting. Um, and like one word in bold with colors. And uh, so I really, I'm, I'm really inspired by like doing more and more of that with my work and even with more work as I go forward. And so what I do sometimes is, I, is I, after I've written the script, I leave like notes for designers. I like this, look at this, like this, like this. Uh, um, and okay. obviously designers are creators of their own, right? So yes. if they are free to follow my notes or do what they want, like I'm just trying to guide be, them be useful, on what yeah. your thoughts are okay and so and so for and this and i'm going to something sorry i know i've, mm. I've taken the long way around um but for this uh for this i wrote notes and for splash i was just thinking rosie could just put splash right in big letters and i was like that's gonna be nice yes and i was then, actually, we're actually coming on to page, that yeah page. on page 57 right okay okay and then and, and so now we're reading through these things and then rosie does this yes, right have that. And <laughs> yeah i don't know if, the, if you can see this but she does this like whole hand, like kind of like holding <laughs> out from... from water. And if you if you read the the, the book till there, it does it, it's such a point pause in the work because it, this image isn't just letters in bold, right? It's it conveys the desperateness and the like the, the like gasping for air. Because you see someone drowning like that, immediately even you feel your breath, you know, you feel like, hey, even me, I'm drowning. And like that emotion. I could never have thought, never, I can't even take credit. I, 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 it wouldn't have come to my mind, right? And, yeah. and, and for me, that's Because your, your, your um, depiction of someone drowning would be totally different. I would from have written a whole paragraph. <laughs> he was drowning and was grasping for air. You could feel his... <laughs> that's <laughs> true. One picture. Yeah. Right? And, as you're, and you're talking about your, your, your journey in getting this book published. It just took me back to, um, you know my process in in, mm. in getting my, my first book published and I can tell the intentionality that went into you deciding even on the painting that you'd pick and um, the artist that you're going to work with, uh, both for the cover and, and, and even for the illustrations inside. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I think a lot has changed because then when I was uh, publishing my book, which was back in 2010, uh, I, 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 I was still finding myself and my voice as 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 a um, as a poet and so this whole world of getting published was very new to me things happen very fast and when i look back at my book and i'm like ah oh, there's so many things that i've wanted to change and and uh, um, maybe the cover would have been different and things like that the illustrations inside would have been different but i really love this when i looked oh, at it and i was like you. okay now i know my second book which has been you know in the works for quite a while <laughs> please don't ask me when it's Take coming out <laughs> But now I'm feeling the pressure. Yeah, now yeah, I'm feeling yeah, the yeah. pressure. Yeah, yeah. Great. So um, now... As you should, by the way, because you want that book. I know. <laughs> I know. And oh, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I've, I mean, I have written um, lots of poems, but then I keep looking at them and I'm like... Maybe some of these poems don't need to be in the book, and I need more mm. to include. And 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 is that something that you you went through? I mean, yeah, right. Like, in fact, it's a good time to you know the worst thing is you send me the questions. So like, it's a good time for me to jump ahead into that thing about the portrait of the po- of the coffee cup. Yes, uh, yes, which is a feature in the book um, because. <clears throat> 
the thing you've said, right? Like you're still, it's 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 how all artists view their art, right? And in fact, that's a big theme in the book, right? That I was saying when you talk about earlier about like this book has a lot of loss and stuff in it. It's not just loss. I think it's easy to read this book and be like, oh, it's uh, oh love, yeah. Duh. But yeah, like it's, but, it, but that would be more. oversimplification exactly, of, right? of, of what the book, of what uh, about, some right? of the there's themes more, are in the book. There's the more book. to it. And for me, that loss, especially in the artist's journey, right? Like, in fact, I'm just going to say exactly what I said earlier. You know, we write, we most of us poets, you try to write the, the pain away. And you write and write and write and you think, okay, now when I become, when the world gives me validation for this stuff I've written, uh, the pain will go away, right? Because mm -hmm. now they will have deemed me valuable. And you struggle to get to that point and you get there and it hurts more than ever, right? It's not, it's, it's, it's not, even, it's not even less, it's more. And, yes, this, and, uh -huh. sorry, just continue. Yeah, and, There's and, something and that, that you said, but yeah. just continue. And that <laughs> insecurity that, yes. um, you know, even as you're saying, looking at the book, is this worth, should this stay, should this go? Uh, it's, 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 it's maddening. And when you talk about that, in fact, that's, this, is, this is the lyrics of it, right? A lot of artists struggle with that. And even Lupe Fiasco in his song, If My Phone Stops Being a Phone from 1961, in his song, mm. um, Till I Get There, mm -hmm. Uh, I, I almost verse. said kick push because I'm a huge fan of Lupe of Fiasco. Lupe. No, 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 yeah. But this, this is particularly about this thing, right? In right. a song called Till You Get There's a verse where he goes, um, <clears throat> Doctor, Doctor, please, the fame ain't painless enough. And then the guy responds, that cause you ain't that cause you ain't famous enough. You got a little game, but your name ain't ringing enough. He said, take two two of these and put change in my cup. And then Lupe is like, I said I wasn't poor. He prescribed me a publicist and pointed to the door. You know, Whoa. <laughs> out. Ouch. Yes. I'm telling you all this from my therapist's couch. You know, like, and he, and, he, and he goes on and he goes on and says something like, uh, prescribed me an interview and then told me to bounce. You know, yeah. like, and I feel like that's the same, almost the exact the same, same story of the coffee, the, the, the stain, the stain yeah. on the coffee cup, right? Like, <clears throat> we're trying to, but, and of course, when you be, be yourself, express yourself and people who like you or people, I guess, who are hurting like you or, free like you are experiencing whatever you're experiencing will find you because you're not mm. that's the what's that thing Neil Hilborn says this is not to say that you aren't special this is to say thank God you aren't special um, <clears throat> so you, you, of course in the more authentic of your expression you will find people but as you're expressing yourself authentically something gets lost there in the middle you get what I'm saying like something gets mm. lost yeah, but mm. they, okay, there's something that you were saying and it, it really struck a chord with me because I, th I think the reason why I have been um, not very keen to get my second book out is because the poems already did their work. And I don't know if that is something that, mm. uh, uh, you know, different forms of art, uh, different types mm. of artists go through. But for me, that process of writing that poem is the therapy that I'm seeking mm -hmm. to get me through a certain experience and mm -hmm. a certain kind of pain or a certain kind of, of joy because we write from a very, you know, place where you're personal experiencing, place, yeah. yes, from a very personal space. But then for me, once that poem is out, it has done its job. It's like you were prescribed for medicine you've taken and so you, you don't feel the need to now go tell the world look at me, I'm healed. So for mm. me, um, having the book out is sort of secondary. And, and I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's something that I've, that I've been struggling with because I'm like, maybe not all my poetry needs to be public. Read by the world. Read by the world mm. because <clears throat> some of it, I was going through a very um, dark uh, phase in, in my life and 
um, there's, there's a, 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 you know, there's usually, of course, the, um, uh, the element of people wanting to read more into what you've gone through and mm -hmm. thinking that you're still going through the same, mm -hmm. the same, um, the same experience mm -hmm. and not realizing that you already healed from it. So, and I don't know if that's something that, uh, that yeah, you've, yeah. you've, have, you've gone through. I have lots and... of things to say to that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think of it like a fire, right? So you light a fire at night. Uh, when you light a fire, let's say you're, let's say you've gone camping. Let's make this super hypothetical. You've gone camping and no one was smart enough to light a fire. So you've sat somewhere and lit a fire just for yourself. What happens is people slowly start gravitating mm -hmm. towards you, sitting around that fire. And then... Um, Sorry. And then the fire goes out, obviously, or like you run out of fuel or whatever. And then people leave, right? And I think, and I think poetry is like a fire, which is to say that there's, there's obviously that doubt, but <clears throat> what happens then? So November, November I published my book. Um, December, January, my friend texts me, a friend of mine, who I, who I actually hadn't spoken to for a while. And he said, Michael, thank you for writing this book. This book gave me so much clarity. He wrote this like super like emotional <clears throat> text I wasn't even ready for. And I was like, wow, uh, thanks, I guess. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it felt good, right? It felt, it felt yes. good to have touched someone's life. Um, mm. and, and so that, that for me is the counter thought to maybe I should not put this out there. There's also the fact that maybe you should and mm. you never know, right? Because yeah. not everyone writes poetry, not everyone, but, but everyone needs, you know, like Robin and Williams, yeah, everyone and, needs poetry. Mm -hmm. all and need not love, everyone is you know, able to articulate yourself, mm -hmm. themselves in the way that you mm -hmm. do and the way that you're able to play with words to either, you know, using either analogy or metaphors mm -hmm. or whichever other stylistic devices that you use to um, talk about a certain experience that, mm -hmm. you know, people don't want to plainly talk about. So I, yeah. I totally get you. Now, concept um, exactly, inexactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. Now, um, I mean, this is your third book. Um, yeah. And your the first book was um, uh, something quite unlike myself. Yeah. yeah? And there's a second book, which is uh, <coughs> Time, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you look at um, those three books that you, you've written, how would you characterize the, your growth in the journey of a reader who writes? Um, and in the different themes that you've explored, um, where you're at currently, um, and the themes that you're dealing with right now, um, compared to the themes and uh, where your mind was uh, when you were writing the first book. Okay. So here's how I'm going to attack that question. When I wrote my first book, <clears throat> I was told to write a book of poetry. I wrote a book of poetry. Um, mm. The best way I knew how. Uh, Received its criticism, received its praise, whatever. But it worked, right? It worked in the sense of, like, people knew about me. My career was growing. I was going on and on and getting better and better. Um, when I wrote my... But there was something that rang untrue about it, just to me. Not about the book. The book was very authentic, but about the experience. I felt like I still haven't written anything that's added value in that in that real sense to the canon in the way I wanted to do. Because I really want to, like, <clears throat> even if you talk about one of the things we laughed about, how, like, the poems don't have titles, right? I, I'm really trying to change imaginations of how we approach poetry and how we think about poetry. Because I think that... I think that curiosity is key. And 
kind of sparking and keeping curiosity alive is very important. And books, tools of learning, tools of education should be doing things like that, right? Should be trying to keep the mind active, trying to keep the mind guessing, keep the mind questioning, trying to give the mind more questions. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do. And so I feel like I was always trying to do that, but I didn't have the clarity. I didn't see to the clarity which I see it now, where I, after writing for more than 10 years, I can look at a sentence and be like, actually, no, this is, this is like even this book, like, because I have this book I wrote, I have another book, I have, like, I'm, 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 still, I'm still writing. And, and even with this book, I look at it and I'm like, actually, you should have cut this different. You should have put mm -hmm. this poem in front of this poem. You should have, you know, done this. You should have pushed here a bit harder. And, and so I think the, the real change for me and the real growth is really, I like how my experience, not just in writing poetry, but because obviously, as you know, in this Nairobi, you have to do a lot more and you still have to like make money and try and figure that out. So my experience in writing in the field in, the field in general, I've worked with corporates, I've worked with um, filmmakers, I've worked with people who do radio, I've worked with people who do newspapers, all that is really sharpening and helping me hone my craft. And obviously I'm bringing all that back in here, right? So um, you best believe that in my next book and the book after that, there's going to be more of, of, <clears throat> of the world inside the book because Jack Spicer asked that question, you know? As a poet, we're not trying to make... I'm trying to make something in my world correlate to something in your world. I'm trying to make my pencil look like your pen, you know, or like my book... <laughs> look like mm -hmm. your TV. Like, yes. I'm trying to show you something near you uh, within your realm of understanding, but still show you something without your realm of understanding. And so, and so, and so, and so all these tools are really nice. Like, I really like, like what I'm learning using the tools of advertising, using the tools of um, filmmaking, using the tools of documentary script, script writing. Whatever I'm doing, I'm just learning and absorbing, you know, like strategy, mm -hmm. because like, they're all just languages. And then bringing that back into the book, back into the work, mm -hmm. and saying, how do we use these modern ways, modern tools of like communicating, and not even just communicating, of understanding the world, right? Because mm -hmm. we really underrate the mundane, but 40 hours a week, a large chunk of our population is working, right? Looking at these forms, reading these forms of writing, being trained in their brains to understand information presented to them in these certain ways. Um, so I'm really trying to integrate those things and like see how do we mess them about? How do we have fun with them? How do we change form? How do we, these are, these are, these are I could talk about this for hours. This is, yeah. this is where I play. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, there's always the um, thinking that, oh, poetry is a very um, niche art form. And uh, in today's world, we are, we're not seeing how it's correlating with the, you know, with the rest of, uh, of, of society. Mm. Um, how are you able to use your uh, poetry skills in writing in the in, in, in the commercial world? How do okay. you see the two? Two things. First of all, poetry is the language of life, thank you. Um, <clears throat> it's, not, it's not a niche art form. Uh, and if you think it's a niche art form, think about all the things that are topping any musical chart, any cinematic chart, any anything, and you'll find it's all poetry. It's all, it's all about how it's been written and how it's been presented. Like, let's not even talk about like rap music. Let's not talk about um, like even like script like scripts like if you watched it was people criticized but if you watched um, Malcolm and Marie 
Malcolm and Marie, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. The, the, this film, um, Denzel's Kid. But the poetry of the language and, and how it played, that was definitely, you could see in the dialogue. And, you know, um, so poetry is the language of life. This is my point. It's not a niche art form. It's just people don't understand how integrated poetry is in their life because they don't read so. poetry books. Just because some of us deal with the source code doesn't mean that it's not running through the veins of the system. <laughs> Okay, yeah. it's, it's, it's the operating system where yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, world yeah. plugs in the, the, their different programs. Okay, don't, okay. Don't, don't, don't get it wrong. Um, yeah. How do I use it in the commercial? I use it a lot, right? Like I've spent more time than most looking at people, looking at sentences and organizing them. And that's, uh, I'm grateful that that's a tradable skill on the market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I work as a writer. Uh, I help people edit. I, I currently actually have a pretty okay job at a behavioral economics center where like I help them build communication strategies and I help them do all their writing and put all their writing out there. And, and I'm guessing now copywriting now becomes very easy because that's basically you finding creative ways of yeah. of, of, of putting words together. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's, 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 but for a commercial um, In fact, it's, 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 it's almost too easy, right? I'm getting paid for what I love doing. Yeah, that's why you have to keep <laughs> writing poetry because... Yes. Uh, you have to sharpen yourself. So I, I, I don't I don't believe in like separateness and I don't believe in um, things. You know, like how people say, this is different, this is different, these are different mm. things. I believe that everything yeah. is in one it's box and everything is the same thing. So I try to align my life with all the aspects, like all whether whatever I'm writing, whatever I'm writing in my work, whatever I'm doing in my work, whatever I'm doing at, mm. at job, what I mean by job work and my work as, as a writer, all of these things align and all of these things are integrated just mm. because... You don't live separate lives. You're not a different person the weekend. You're the, you're the same person. You're the person. same person. Just yeah. playing different roles. No, the reason I'm asking is because, I, um, you know, I, I resonate a lot with that because um, I always uh, look at poetry. It was my launch pad into um, the work that I have done mm-hmm. as a digital marketer, the work that I have done as a content strategist, becoming going into the PR world. It was just from that writing and being mm-hmm. able to have that confidence with words and knowing how to shape them, how to use them to tell a story. It's the same fundamentals, but then yeah. you find that you're able to have to apply them in the commercial world and in the corporate space in the way that they are looking at it um, from a value perspective mm-hmm. so that now... You, you get all these fancy titles of uh, PR and communications uh, manager, but at the end of it, it's all about the kind of, you know, poetry and your, it, under, yeah. and your appreciation of, of words and how they come together to, to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a, there's a poem that um, I was, I was, uh, I'd like to read from your book and mm-hmm. I'd like us to, uh, yeah, to talk about it. Um, I, felt my, I set myself ablaze for you, only for you to be disappointed by the ashes. As if fire does not consume, as if the only thing that matters is that your arms stay warm in this cold night. As I sputter and cough out the last of my energy, you poke, prod, sigh, wear your gloves and go in search of fire. The night is still long. Who can blame you? I found that poem to be really, really powerful. And I don't know, because maybe it's, uh, you know, there's also um, the element of that it's a cold season and so it resonated <laughs> a lot with uh, everything that is going on. Mm. Um, I think this is like one of the coldest months that uh, that we've had in a in while. In a long time. In a really long no, it's time. Not nice, it's not polite. And so this, as I was as I was reading this poem, and not just the, um, you know, the... Um, the 
shallow meaning from it, but it's a deeper <laughs> uh, meaning. So I'd like you to, to talk about, uh, you know, t- uh, wh- wh- where you, what is this poem about and uh, <laughs> where okay. was your headspace when, when you were writing it? It's an interesting poem to read. I didn't think you'd read that one. Um, <clears throat> well, it's, 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 I said it, right? I just literally just talked about that poem just now, mm. like just two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. And I was saying poetry is like a fire, right? Um, I set myself ablaze for you, like, we we do a lot. We do a lot. We do a lot. All of us in our lives. We always do so much, right? And sometimes we expect a lot in return, which is not fair. And I think that when I was talking about that poem, I was, just trying to, I was reading about that, when I was writing that poem, I was actually just trying to capture that that aspect of like, and if you, I think even the next poem, tell me if I'm wrong, because it's off the mm-hmm. top of my head, but the next poem starts talking about sacrifice, right? Uh, yes, There's, it's on, uh, it's, a, it's about uh, forgiveness, understanding, and... Uh, what's the first line in that poem? Uh, it's, um, you will begin to forgive when you, you understand... when you understand... The many ways in which the world has killed those who try to survive it. Okay, yes, because that's, that's in the same area. It wasn't the poem I thought it was, but it's the same area. Because, like, the... The next thing, right, is after you've done all these things, you realize it's your own fault, right? You do a lot, you do a lot, you do a lot. But who asked you <laughs> to do a lot? You know, uh, people yes. might have been grateful of the fruits of your labor, mm-hmm. but even that gratitude is a grace. You're not, you're not, yes. you're not entitled to it. Um, and so, uh, and I think that's where that poem ends, right? It's like you find yourself, you find yourself left with all this stuff you've done. And, you know, poetry is a fire. You light your fire, people come and they gather and they feel warm, but the fire dies down if it's not fueled. Mm-hmm. And if it's the people you are looking for, people will go if there's no fire because people haven't come for you. People have come for the warmth. That's true. Uh, and so true. <clears throat> it's about loss in many ways, in the, in the ways that we lose, in the ways that we lose things and in, in the ways, particularly in how we also manufacture our own loss in the losing of things, we lose ourselves, which causes us to lose things more. Okay, okay, great. So um, now that we've really talked about this book, um, and I'm sure our um, listeners and our, you know, those who are watching are curious, where would, can they get this book? So mm. where, I, I know I got my copy from from, from you. Me. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, so me, I have them. Um, DRR has them. Uh, down DRR is Down River Road. Um, the guys who published the book, uh, they have copies. You can check out their page. Uh, they have like social media pages and stuff. They do really good stuff. They they actually recently did uh, issue three, which has a compilation of like so many different writers, um, and and they also have that. They have a lot of interesting stuff there. So Down River Road has it, and they have it in different places. And they obviously deliver it wherever you want. Um, I also do deliveries. So you, you just have to reach out to anyone on the internet um, mm-hmm. between Down River Road and myself, mm-hmm. um, and we'll make sure the book gets to you. Uh, if you want to do pick-up and drop-off, I think Down River Road also has some sites. Um, but yeah, that's how to find the book right now. We're trying to get mm-hmm. into more bookshops uh, for the global audience. We're trying to get it worldwide. Uh, we had a kind of a, a bit of a split with Amazon because they refused to give us data if we sold our books on their platform and we didn't think that was fair. Um, so we're, we're, we're trying to get collaborations with more sellers internationally mm-hmm. um, and obviously trying to 
infrastructure, infrastructure. Chief Nyamwe was here. I don't have to talk yes. about infrastructure. Chief, oh, Nyamwe, yes. Chief Nyamwe, oh, I talked about infrastructure all the time. Yeah. yeah, we're trying to like, you know, we're trying to do that. We're trying to build the infrastructure and make it work. Okay. Mm. Great. So as we come to the end of our, you know, very um, uh, interesting discussion. So I, I, I'm, I, this one is just, uh, um, you know, to f uh, to ask who are you currently reading, uh, which writers, poets, things, people inspire you? That's the end. You yes. ask me who am I reading, which writers, <laughs> poets, people, things. Are we doing another podcast? <laughs> I know, because it's a mouthful, yeah? That's, that's a, that's so a let's lot. So who are you currently reading? Um, Sam Hepburn. Which book are you currently reading? I'm reading, some, I'm reading two books. I'm reading Sam Hepburn, um, If You Are Me. It's like some teen fiction um, book about some kid in Afghanistan. I'm only on like page 10, 12, so I really don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm re I'm, I really love teen fiction. Like, I think like, if I if I ever, when, once I'm done writing poetry, I'm definitely going to write teen fiction because I really like, I, I, as an adult, really consume a lot of teen fiction. And I think, and I think it's, it's a beautiful genre. Because like, when you're writing for teens, they're like adults, but they're kids. So you have to write a complicated story enough to like capture an adult's mind, yeah. but it has to be simple enough to entertain a child. So it's a really fun space to play in. Okay. Um, but the more the more serious side of me is reading why why nations fail, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's also fun. And okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you what I'm currently reading what for the second time, and this has sort of become like an obsession. So for the second time, I am reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm. And apart from reading, so this is the second time I'm reading it because it's a really I don't know if you if you read the book, it's a mm. really heavy book. It's about I know Eckhart Tolle. Uh, yes, so I think it was mm. his first book. I know it was published a while back, but um, I stumbled upon it, um, and then now I when I finished reading the f uh, the first time, I looked for the for I looked for the um, audio book. Mm. So now I'm listening to the audiobook and mm. reading because it's it has really um heavy themes that it deals with mm. uh the the you know the power of, of connectedness the being in the present moment which is something that I think for a lot of people and um also for me as a as a writer I struggled with last year just that thing of just being present mm -hmm. because we got to a point where every one of us had to be worried about we, we, the future is uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow mm -hmm. or what is going to happen in another um, year or so. And so there was a lot of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And so that uh, I found the book to sort of give a lot of um, clarity on just on being present, present and, yeah. and mindful thinking. So that's, You know who's really good for that, actually? Because mm -hmm. he actually I, I watched a panel once and Ekatole was there and this other guy who I really liked called Ramdas. Um, so Ram Das has some really good podcasts, really good. Um, these like long, you know, like this like two hour YouTube mm -hmm. videos and stuff like that. And it's all about that, like about connectedness, about being in the present, about like how do we, how do we, how, how what does now look like? Like what, what, yes. and how do we hold ourselves in the moment of now? Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like last year was madness. It was. And, and we're only just like beginning to understand and yep. comprehend and yep. like yep. unravel and see how the world has changed mm. and mm. so i mean uh, I've, I've i've found that 
um, it, we sort of need to be reminded that the process is more important than the destination, mm -hmm. which is what a lot of us have now become set on, that I need to know what's going to happen tomorrow. I need to plan for it. I, I need mm -hmm. to anticipate. And and then and, and the, what the book talks about is just don't worry about tomorrow or the next minute. Live for now. This, is, for, this yeah. is the moment that mm -hmm. you're actually living that really matters. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, Michael, it's been great having you on the Thank show. You. It's been and great um here. Thank you for you know the, the great work that you that you have um, that you have done, um, and um, yeah, con continue writing. I'm sure we will be meeting out there yeah. again on the different um, poetry spaces. And um, great. Um, so to our you know listeners and our viewers, I uh, hope that uh, this episode has been um, uh, you know has been of value to you. Um, no, talk to me. I would love to. I'd love to hear your feedback uh, at Kenyan Poet across the different social platforms. So until the next episode, kwaheri. Bye.